As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear a starry crown? Oh Lord, show me the way. Oh sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown, good Lord, show me the way. Let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way and who shall wear the starry crown good lord show me the way oh sinners let's go down let's go down come on down oh sinners let's go down down in the river to pray. Good morning and welcome to the Lord Church of Christ here. We've got uh, our unified service. Uh, we usually have a split service. Occasionally we'll try to get back to the split service as the crowd builds back after COVID, but uh, thank you for coming out. If you're a visitor here, you are very much welcome. Uh, despite the masks, we are a very friendly crowd. And uh, I know I can I can hear the laughter. I can't see the laughter, but I can hear it. So I want to just let you know that it feels good up here, even if we can't uh, can't see face to face just yet. Um, I know the Lord has got a time and a point, place appointed for us to get completely back to normal. And uh, we're praying for that soon. Um, but unfortunately, we're going to be in masks for just a little bit while we you know, deal with the COVID and everything else that's going on in a safe fashion. Um, and we thank our elders for making sure that the congregation is here together, worshiping together in a safe fashion as well. So with that, I don't have any, I have one announcement. I do uh, want to make an alibi here. I got an announcement. Um, if you got the survey, the women who got the survey about uh, helping it, uh, out the, the different uh, ministry admissions we have here in the church, if you don't mind, just go ahead and, and fill that out and send it back in. Also make note that there's it's, it's got a lot of yes, no's on it, but at the bottom, it has a, a room for you to put in your own thoughts. So if there are things that you would like to be involved in that weren't necessarily identified in the yes, no kind of thing, feel free to add comments about who you would like to work with, um, reach out to the different uh, deacons that are in, in charge of the missionaries, um, because we definitely want to keep everybody plugged in, uh, especially at this time when we're kind of working through some of the awkwardness that is created because of COVID. Uh, with that, I don't have any other announcements other than to say thank you, welcome. Again, if you're a guest, uh, very much welcome here. Uh, we want to let you know that we, we, work, we worship here uh, every Sunday, and we, we definitely want to 
make you feel welcome here as we worship today in, uh, in truth and in spirit. And with that, I would like to open up with a word of prayer, if you don't mind. Um, you would bow with me in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the many blessings that you provide for us, all the opportunities we have. Uh, Father, we know that becoming a Christian is not an overnight sensation. It is a lifelong endeavor. It is a marathon. It is something that we put ourselves into daily. And Father, as we go about today, which is your day, uh, we ask that you would allow us to put all the things that are of this world aside, all of the things that have uh, prevented us from focusing on you during the week. Father, we ask that you would allow us to just push those things aside and, and let us worship you. Uh, listen to your word that's brought to us by Ricky. Allow us to meditate on that and allow us to to feed off of the word, Father, and become closer to you. And again, Father, we know that this is a marathon and this is one step, but a very important step in that marathon race, Father. Be with us as we worship you, Father. Allow us to do it in spirit and truth in accordance with your word. And in Christ's precious name we do pray. Amen. I care not today what tomorrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe in his sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. Though tempests may blow and the storm clouds may rise, obscuring the brightness of life, I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies, the master looks on at the strife. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe in his sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. Our Lord will return to this earth some sweet day, our troubles will then all be o'er. The Master so gently will lead us away beyond that blessed heavenly shore. Living by faith in Jesus above, Trusting, confiding in his great love. From all home safe in his sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and feel no alarm.
Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints above, with shouts of triumph trod. By faith they, like a whirlwind's breath, swept over every field. The faith by which they conquered death is still our shining shield. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Glorious victory that overcomes the world. To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then onward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame. He'll vanquish all the hosts of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wonderful passion and purity. May his spirit divine all my being refine. Let the Jesus be seen in me. When somebody has been so unkind to you, some words spoken that pierces you through and through, think how he was beguiled, Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you. From the dawn of the morning to close of day, in example, in deeds, and in all you say, lay your at his feet. 
beauty of Jesus be seen in you. Jesus, Jesus, holy and anointed one, Jesus, one 
Now the time has been set aside for us to partake of the Lord's Supper. As we prepare our hearts and minds to partake of it, I'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Starting at verse 4, it reads, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Let's pray. Almighty Father in heaven, as we prepare ourselves to partake of this bread, Father, we ask that you bless it. And Father, we ask that we take it in memory of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins with an understanding that without him, there is no salvation. Father, we can't imagine the suffering that he bore in his body. Father, we can only say thank you, and we can only do our best to live a life that shows that gratitude. We pray that we'll try to do that every day, Father. We pray all these things in your Holy Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give thanks for the cup. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for another day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity we get to gather as your body of believers. Father, we thank you so much for this cup that reminds us of the blood that we shed. Father, we know from your word, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Father, you sent your one and only son, the perfect sacrifice to shed his blood to redeem us from our sins and make us right with you. Father, we thank you for this cup that reminds us of the new covenant relationship that we're in because of Jesus' spilled blood. Father, we pray that each time we partake of this cup, we'll do it in a manner that's pleasing and acceptable to you. Father, we pray that you continue to help us to examine ourselves. Help us, Father, to be worthy of this sacrifice each and every time. We pray this in Jesus' name every time. Amen. now is the time uh, set aside for us to pray for the offering. Uh, you have the opportunity to give any day of the week through the Alexio app. Uh, there are also other ways to give if you're not comfortable giving electronically. Just speak to one of the elders about it or one of the deacons about it. Uh, if you have other questions, you can email the elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. As we get ready to pray, I just want to remind everyone of all the, the great things that your contributions do for others, not just in our community, but abroad, whether that's, you know, whether that's sending aid to Cameroon or, or whether that's uh, sending aid to areas that have been impacted by natural disasters, whether it's the food pantry where, you know, over the last year, we've helped over 150 people. Um, We're also going to be helping children in need throughout the school year. Your contributions make a difference in people's lives on a regular basis. And we do the very best we can to be good stewards over what you give. And the church here gives very, very generously. So just continue to be encouraged about what you're giving 
and, and that the Lord is blessing us because of it. Let's go to him in prayer. Almighty Father in heaven, we, we thank you so much for your generosity towards us, Father, and giving us everything that we need here on this earth. But Father, we pray that we can be just as generous as we possibly can be with what we have, that what you bless us with, Father. We pray that we'd always look at all the things that we have, our resources and our own abilities as gifts from you, Father, gifts to be used in your service. We pray that we constantly be mindful of that and that we give freely and ungrudgingly and joyfully. We pray all these things in your Holy Son, Jesus' name, amen. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. Dwell in the house of the Lord, dwell in the house of the Lord, to seek him in his temple to gaze upon his beauty. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. May I dwell in the house of the Lord, Dwell in the house of the Lord To seek him in his temple To gaze upon his beauty One thing I ask of the Lord This is what I seek One thing I ask of the Lord this is what I seek. This is what I seek. This is what I seek. Scripture reading this morning. It's from John chapter 13, verses 13 through 25. <clears throat> John 13, 13 to 25, I will be reading from the New King James. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. <clears throat> if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled, he who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. <clears throat> when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Love one another, for love is of God. He who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God is love. Love, love is. Love is of God. He who loves is born of God and God, he who does not love, does not know God, for God is love, 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 he who does not love, does not know God, for
Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, we often mention that we are thankful for the things that God does, uh, and it's right that we should thank God for all that he does, and indeed we should be thankful but along with what God does, we should thank God for who he is uh, in his person, uh, his nature. God is gracious and merciful. Uh, he is compassionate and kind. Uh, he is giving and forgiving. Uh, in sum, God is everything he needs to be to deal with us, all of us, all the time, all at the same time. Uh, the psalmist has declared in Psalm 146, verse 8, The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. And for all that God does and for all that God is, we ought to be eternally grateful. I was glad to see this morning uh, when my wife came in that she had uh, someone with her, uh, two people in particular, and the persons of our good friend from Cambridge, uh, the Eastern Shore, Sister Demika Taylor. Uh, and if you ever hear her, uh, our girls talk to her, they'll probably call her Meek Meek. Uh, so I had to lean over and ask my wife uh, just to be sure I knew her last name because I never call her by her last name. Uh, and also with her, uh, her son, Brandon. Uh, just good to see them this morning. Now, I know because of where we are with the COVID thing, uh, if you were like me, you know a lot more about masks than you did uh, prior to COVID coming in. Uh, I grabbed a mask on the way in just because I think it allows me to be a little more audible. Uh, and in my haste, I grabbed one of the children's masks. <laughs> Uh, as opposed to one of the adults' masks. So nobody asked me, do you know you have a kid's mask on? Yes, I do. Uh, as much as I may think I know about masks, when you're in a haste, uh, you just grab what you grab uh, and you have what you have. Uh, but at any rate, we want to direct your attention this morning to John chapter 13, the text that was read into our hearing. We want to read again there verse number 23. John 13, verse 23 in your Bibles. Now there was leaning on Jesus's bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Based on uh, the account here in John chapter 13, uh, we want to use this morning as a subject, that's what friends are for. Now, remember, as a sub-theme uh, for the month of August, we are using people Jesus knew. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in John chapter 13, uh, it is recorded concerning one of Jesus's disciples that Jesus loved him. Now, let me say as a matter of clarity, Jesus loved all the disciples. I know this because there in chapter 13 and verse number one, 
It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Not only did Jesus love his disciples, uh, Jesus loves everyone. Uh, in John 15, verse 13, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And we are told in 1 John 2, verse 2, that Jesus is the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice uh, for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus shed his blood that everyone might be saved. Yet we still have this singular distinction concerning one of his disciples. And five times in John's account of the gospel, uh, this distinction can be found. Now, if we read John's account, uh, then you know in John chapter 21, verses 20 through 25, John identifies himself as the one to whom this designation is applied. And inherent in this designation is the fact that Jesus and John had a special friendship. Uh, you know, you have friends and then you have friends and everybody you call your friend, uh, number one is probably not your friend. Uh, many of us are on Facebook and uh, Sometimes we take delight in saying I have hundreds, if not thousands of friends on Facebook. Uh, to that, I would answer, no, you have hundreds or maybe thousands of people that know your name or know somebody that you know, but all of those folk are not your friend. And if you think that's not so, wait till you get in a crisis and, and see how many of them will respond and come through as a friend does. See, you have friends, but then you have friends. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about friends, I, I don't know which generation you come through, but, you know, everybody that's your friend isn't your ace boon coon. Uh, everybody that's your friend isn't your bosom buddy, your dog, your homeboy, or, or, or your ride or die. See, you, you have friends, and then you have friends. Well, the Bible is saying that Jesus and John had that bosom buddy kind of friendship. They're not just they knew each other or, or they worshiped at the same congregation or worked at the same place, but, but John and Jesus had a special friendship. Now, when you look through the Bible, uh, uh, we can find some good friendships. When, when, when you say people that were friends, I think of David and Jonathan. You know, David and Jonathan were good friends. In 1 Samuel 18, verse number one, the Bible declares, and it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, if you've ever read your Old Testament, then you know, Jonathan was so much of a friend to David that he risked the wrath of his own father, uh, uh, not just because, you know, his father was wrong, but, but, but because David was such a good friend to him. Uh, you know, there's nothing like a good friend. 
uh, in Pro, uh, Proverbs 17, verse 17, the Bible says, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Now, to say that a friend loveth at all times is to say that the love of a friend is constant. If I am your friend, then externals won't change that fact. See, if I'm your friend, I'm your friend on payday or whether you broke. If I am your friend, then trouble doesn't mean that all of a sudden I become scarce. We still communicate like we used to. If I am your friend, it even means that we can disagree. You know, some folk can't disagree. Well, friends can disagree and still be friends. That the fact that we are friends does not mean I have to see things your way. Our friendship means enough that you understand that I have a mind of my own, just like you have a mind of your own, and we don't have to see everything eye to eye, but we can still be friends. If I am your friend, I will not support you when you are wrong, but will not abandon you because you were wrong. See, again, friends understand, well, look, everybody except for Jesus has been wrong about something. And, and you might be wrong now, but it's not like I've never been wrong about anything in my lifetime. See, see, a friend can relate. A friend will be uh, uh, empathetic. A, a friend will say, I I'm not going to let circumstance change our friendship. Now, that Jesus had different relationships speaks to his humanity. We're all different people. Uh, you know, uh, some people subscribe to the theory we ought to be friends with everybody, but, but everybody is different. And because we are all different, our relationships are different. You know, some people are easy to get along with and, and some folk are a little more of a challenge. Now, if nobody has ever told you you're easy to get along with, you might be a little more of a challenge. But whatever you are, you know somebody that you can call a friend. The sin is not having different relationships. The sin is having respect of persons. Now, if we were to look up respect of persons in Ricky Cook's definition of words, I would define respect of persons as arbitrary standards that are unfair and based on personal preferences. You know what? When, when you're guilty of respect of persons, two people can do the same thing, but you have different reaction to them doing the same thing. Now, the person I care for, I'm going to excuse what they did, but the person that's a challenge for me to get along with, I, I'm going to condemn what they did. Well, well, right is right and wrong is wrong. And, and when it comes to dealing with each other, the Bible says in James 2 verse 1, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Now, that doesn't mean every relationship has to be the same. Some relationships should be different. Uh, I, I'm going to treat Sister Cook better than any other female I know, and I should. And, and I hope Sister Cook would have a problem with me treating any other female like I treat her. Based on my relationship with <laughs> Based on my relationship with her, I ought to treat her different. 
uh, if you have children. Now, you might love kids, but you ought to treat your children different. Now, I like children. I'm glad mine are grown, and you know I think children are cute and all of that, but, but I'm going to treat my children different than any other child in, in this world. Some relationships should be different. But when we look here at John chapter 13, again in verse number 23, the Bible says, now there was leaning on Jesus's bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Uh, number one this morning, John was loved by Jesus. Now, mind you, John was not without his faults. Uh, Jesus rebuked James and John for suggesting that a Samaritan village be destroyed by fire because they rejected Jesus. You remember they said, shall we call down fire on them? Uh, and, and Jesus answered, the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. It, it, John, don't you think that's a little extreme? You just gonna call down fire on some folk? Uh, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed this morning? Uh, uh, you remember in Mark 9 verses 38 through 40, that John was corrected by Jesus for being exclusive. Uh, you remember John says, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name, but we forbade him because he's not part of our company. In other words, he's not one of the 12. What in the world name he got, uh, what in the world business he got doing what you sent us to do? And you remember Jesus had to correct John about that. Uh, in Mark 10 verses 35 through 45, it was James and John who demonstrated selfish ambition by asking for positions of prominence. And then you remember the other 10 got mad with them uh, when they found out what they were doing. Now, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I suspect the other 10 might've been mad because you asked before I could. Uh, you remember Jesus had to correct all of them, but, but James and John asked for positions of prominence. A friend does not love you because you are faultless, a friend loves in spite of the fault. In 1 Peter 4, verse number eight in your Bibles, the Bible says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Now, I, I like the way Peter put this. He didn't just say love one another. He said, have fervent charity. I have strong love for one another, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, he was not saying when we friends, that mean I got to look the other way at the wrong that you do. What he's saying is when we are friends that I, I will look at you with compassion rather than condemning you. When we are friends that I will try to understand and help or rather than just uh, rebuke and, and, and look down on you. As I, uh, we have already stated, uh, a friend will not abet you in your wrong. That's not friendship. Did you know when you help somebody be wrong, you're not being a friend to them? Uh, now, that might seem easier because, uh, you, you, you know, they don't, they don't take exception to you, but abetting a person in wrong is not being a friend to them. Uh, I, I can remember years ago when I worked at the bank, one day a fella called in. He said, Rick, can you sign me in? Now, now, you know what they meant? He was going to be late, but he didn't want the bank to know he was late. Well, no, a friend can't do that for you. Now, mind you, I did not sign him in so much out of friendship. I, I didn't sign him in because I didn't want to lose my job trying to help him not lose his. But a friend will not help you be wrong. 
See, friendship is about helping one another to be better. Friendship is having the other person's best interest at heart and helping me to be wrong is not helping me at all. Uh, yeah, when I'm wrong, you know, if we're friends, uh, then you can tell me, you know, you're wrong. You know, you can tell a friend that. You, you, you can tell a friend, I disagree. See, if I have to go along with everything you say, then we really aren't friends. Now, I, I don't know what the word for that is, but, but it's not friendship. Friendship does not stop us from being who we are as individuals. <clears throat> but consider further there uh, from verse number 23. There was leaning on Jesus's bosom. I, I submit to you further that John leaned on Jesus. Now, he leaned on Jesus quite literally, and, and leaning on Jesus meant that he was close to Jesus in terms of proximity uh, 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 and in their relationship. But, but, but think about leaning on Jesus uh, uh, figuratively or, or spiritually speaking. Now, an old song declares, we all need somebody to lean on. When you think about leaning on somebody, I think about that old poem, uh, Footprints in the Sand. Have you ever read that one uh, where the person, you know, was walking and, uh, you know, it, it disturbed them when they looked behind them. They saw sometimes they saw one set of footprints instead of two. Uh, and, and the person asked God, said, I notice at the hard times in my living, there's only one set of, uh, one set of footprints. And, and God says to the person, well, when you see one set of footprints, that's when I carried you. But, but, but he wanted the person to understand, I was always with you. But, but see, I'm not just your God, I'm also your friend. And I, I, I'll carry you, you can lean on me uh, uh, when you need to. And isn't it good to have Jesus to lean on? See, leaning on somebody uh, uh, implies that they're able to support the weight that I'm going to put on them. Now, now, you can't lean on everybody literally or figuratively. Now, now, if you lean on me, it depends on how much you weigh. God just blessed me with a certain amount of strength. And, and when you cross that threshold, now you might lean and both of us would be on the ground. But, but when you talk about leaning spiritually, uh, in Ephesians 3, verse uh, number 20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, when you talk about leaning on the Lord, his ability to help surpasses my knowledge of my need. In other words, God can handle me leaning on him and then some. I mean, I can lean my full weight on the Lord and there's no problem for him. He, he is able to do so much more than I'm able to even think. You know, sometimes when we wanna ask God questions, look, why me, why at this time? Maybe we need to remember Ephesians 3.20. You know, we could have a conversation with God. I believe God could say, look, when you know what I know, and when you understand what I understand, and when you control a whole universe like I do, then maybe you can ask me a question about why I'm doing what I'm doing. But, but it ought to be sufficient for you to know that, that I'm a just and righteous God, and I always have your best interest at heart. So if I allow something in your living, unpleasant though it may be, you needed this thing at this particular time. And we need Jesus all the time. 
but burdens and troubles move us to be more aware of our need. You know, one thing I, I, I've learned, you know that, that old expression, no man is an island? I, I, I've learned that that's true. Nobody is self-sufficient, but troubles and burdens help have a way of helping me be more cognizant of that fact. And isn't it comforting to know that we can lean on the Lord and he never gets tired of us doing so? You know, the, the Lord is not that friend that you call and sometimes he just let the call ring through to voicemail. I, look, I know I ain't the only one that do that. Y'all do it too. Look, I know I'm not the only one. If a name don't pop up, I let it go through the voicemail and see what the number wanted. And if you don't leave a message, well, then you must not have wanted too much and it probably wait till I see you. Well, God is not that friend. The, the, the Lord is the friend who, who's always there when you need him and, and never change. You never catch the Lord in a mood. You know, some days you just wake up and you're not in a good mood. Look, you be telling people, they better not start no stuff when I get to work because I ain't in the mood for it today. But well, you know, God never wakes up that way. It, God is always the same God that he is. In, in fact, James says in James 1 verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He's saying God is always the same. He's always loving. He always has our best interest at heart. He always wants to hear from us. He's always ready to help. You never catch God at a time when he's not the God that he always is. And then looking further there uh, in John 13, in verse number 24, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, to John, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Peter motioned to John and asked John to ask Jesus whom he was talking about. When I read that, that just reminded me, and I probably the same way as a kid, but it reminded me of my kids. You know, if you have multiple children, sometimes the oldest child will put the youngest child up to asking for something because they think the youngest child might have a chance of getting a favorable response to it. You know, the oldest child to go to the youngest child, ask daddy if we can go to McDonald's. That way, if we can't go, at least daddy going to say something to you. He won't say something to me because you asked him in the first place. Well, Peter motions to John, ask him who he's talking about. So in verse 25, he then lying on Jesus' breath, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? John questioned Jesus. And I submit to you that the nature of our conversation can be a commentary on the closeness of our relationship. See, you can't talk to everybody about everything. Uh, you know, God forbid I should go to the doctor and, and the doctor give me some news that I'd rather that uh, they didn't give me. But, you know, I ain't going to call everybody and say, guess what the doctor said. Now, now I, I got friends. I got some folk. I'm going to let them know, uh, man, I, the doctor laid one on me. Now, I might even come and fill out a card and ask the church to pray for me. That don't mean I want to do a, a, a interview with everybody about my medical condition. But Peter 
who was close to Jesus himself, looks to John and says, ask him who he's talking about. Why do you suppose Peter did that? I think Peter probably appreciated, you know, I'm close to Jesus, but, but John is close to Jesus. So maybe John can, because you know, it don't look like this thing is setting well with the Lord. So maybe John can get an answer that I wouldn't get. Now, mind you, when John asked Jesus, he didn't question Jesus in, un, uh, in doubt or unbelief. You know, there are times when we have legitimate questions and thank God that he always has the answers. Well, well, what's a legitimate question? Because, you know, every question we ask God is not a legitimate question. Well, what's a legitimate question? Well, not questioning God's authority or God's providence. You know, sometimes we just ask God for guidance. Uh, you ever been through something and you just ask, Lord, what is it you need you want me to see in this thing? Say, so see, I mean, not, I, I don't understand everything. This thing is beyond me. What is it you want me to see? See, I'm not questioning God's sovereignty. I, I'm not questioning whether or not God is right. I, I'm saying, Lord, I need some help understanding what's going on. That's a legitimate question. What is it I need to see? What is it I need to learn? Do you know God invites us to question him if we ask the right question? You remember Matthew 7, verse 7? Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now, when he says, ask, and it shall be given to you, don't, don't read that and understand that to mean simply material things. You might need an answer about something. Lord, well, what is it I need to see in this? Well, ask, and it shall be given you. But, but don't ask that question that implies that God is wrong. You know, this is not fair. Why me? Well, why not you? Uh, you remember Job wanted to know that, that same thing? Job wanted to know how it was fair that he could be suffering what he was suffering? Well, Job, if you had been privy to that conversation between God and Satan, you wouldn't be asking that question. You remember what God said to Satan? And you know how you can't talk to everybody about everything? It wasn't every name that God could call when he was talking to Satan. Have you beheld my servant, Job? Why single Job out? Because I know what you want to do to Job. But I also know that Job will be faithful to me in spite of what you want to do to him. Now, God couldn't have called every name. But you think if Job had known that, that maybe his question would have been a little different? Well, when we go through life, who knows what it is that we don't know? Now, now I can't question God's right to be God. I can't question why God allows what he allows, but Lord, sometime I just need you to show me what it is you want me to see. It, it helped me understand what it is I need to do in this thing. Sometimes there are legitimate questions, but appreciate Jesus didn't answer every question that he was asked, or at least not overtly. And sometimes his answer was no. You know, Paul asked three times for the thorn in the flesh to be taken, and the answer was no. Moses asked about going over to the promised land, and not only did God say no, God told him, and don't you ask me no more. You know, when you want your children to understand this conversation is over, no, and that's the last no I'm going to give you. Now, if your children got any wisdom to them, they understand. Now, I might ask you another question, but I need to let that one alone. 
Jesus sometimes answered questions, or, or rather he answered questions, not sometimes, he answered questions uh, based on the question and the motive for the question. You remember Matthew 12, 38, 39, they came to Jesus and said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. We want you to do a miracle. You mean as opposed to all, all the ones that I've already done? Now, we want to see a sign. We, we want to choose the miracle. Why? You didn't believe any of the other ones. So you're not going to believe if I do what you ask. Why do you want to see a sign? See, because we really don't believe you are who you say you are, and we want to prove that you are, you're not who you say you are. You remember what Jesus told them? There shall no sign be given you except the sign of Jonah the prophet. But Jesus was saying, just like Jonah was, was uh, three days in the belly of the great fish, in three days after you all put me to death, I'm going to be raised to life again. And what did they do about that? You ever read the end of Matthew's account? Matthew said they paid the Roman soldiers to lie and say that his disciples came and stole the body away. And the same folk, Master, we would see a sign from you. For what? That's only going to make you guilty of more unbelief. He, he would answer the question based on uh, the question and the motive for the question. John asks him, Master or Lord, who is it? Now, mind you, they don't understand. They, they, they didn't have the benefit of retrospect. When Jesus says one of you is going to betray me, they didn't know how or when. But suffice it to say, betraying Jesus at any time about anything was not a good thing. Jesus, he said, it's the one that I give this piece of bread to. And I would venture, based on the way that this is laid out, that not everybody at the table knew what was going on. And I say that because when Jesus said to Judas, that thou doest do quickly, they didn't understand what he was talking about. They, they figured, uh, you know, one of them errands, look, run out to the store real quick. No, this was, I know you struck a deal with the Pharisees. And I know you're going to collect your 30 pieces of silver so you can betray me. What you're about to do, go ahead and do it. But that's what friends are for. Friends will love you. They will let you lean on them. And you can question them when you need help. We never had a friend like Jesus. One who can help me better than I understand my need to be helped. You know, sometimes what you think you need is not what you really need. And what you think you want is not what you really want, is what you think you want until you get it. And then you get it and it turns you every which way but loose. But some of us, we got firsthand experience with that. You think you want a new car. So that mail start rolling in from the finance company every month. Then you start thinking, you know what the car I had wasn't that bad. All it needed was a little work, you know, a brake job and a wheel alignment, and I'd have been good for another 30, 40,000 miles. A friend 
knows when to say no and when to say yes. A friend knows when to give and, to, and when to withhold. A friend knows when to help and when you need to do what you can to help yourself. And if ever we've had a friend, Christ Jesus is the one. Because more than anything else, God wants our souls to be saved from our own sins. And everything God does is with a view to saving our souls. And you know, some people even want to question God about salvation. You know, if, if God could just be blunt, look, you're the sinner, you're the one in need of salvation. How are you going to question me about the terms? You know, try it without me and see where you end up. But God offers salvation freely. He requires that we hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins. Romans 10 verse 17, the Bible declares, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He requires that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. John 8 verse 24, Jesus says, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. He requires that we repent of sin. You need to turn from the very thing that's got you in the trouble you're in. Acts 17, 30 and 31, the Bible says that the times of this ignorance, God winked, but now he commands that all men everywhere repent. It's something we all need to do individually. We need to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, Matthew 10, 32, and then be baptized in water uh, for the remission of sins. First uh, Peter 3, verse 21, Peter declares the like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. And when we go down into the waters of baptism, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus and dwells us with his spirit, and he adds us uh, uh, to the church. Now, you all know how it is with the technology. Sometimes you get it going and you can't get it off for trying. And when we come up out of the waters of baptism, the expectation is that we will live obediently in God's service. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 1, we are commanded to walk worthy of the vocation with which we have been called. If you're listening via the social media outlets and this is your desire, we bid you reach out to our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. If you're here in the audience this morning, then we bid you come forward as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am and 
Sing not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot whole lamb of God I come I come I come broken to be mended I come wounded to be healed I come desperate to be rescued I come empty to be filled I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb and I'm welcome with open arms praise God just as I am, just as I am, I would be lost, but mercy and grace, my freedom now to glory in your cross, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, I come broken to be I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcome with open arms, praise God just as I am. Praise God, just as I am. Thanks, Ricky. Definitely appreciate that lesson. Um, learned something. Every time I come in, I appreciate the, the opportunity to learn from, from what you guys studied. Speaking of Ricky and the family, um, Sister Dean Cook, Deanna Cook rather, is uh, asking for the, to acknowledge Damika Taylor and Brandon Taylor. They are here from Cambridge, Cambridge, Missouri, right? Maryland, Cambridge, Maryland. The, the D had me just a little off there. Um, but we want to welcome uh, Damika and Brandon as, as guests. Thank you very much for coming out with us. Um, we also have prayer requests from Jerry Young, 
Um, her son, David Duran and his wife, unfortunately, David is gonna be deploying, uh, the, deploying overseas um, this week. Uh, he'll be gone for nine months um, and uh, it's tough times. Um, ha having been there, I understand this is not the best time to deploy, but he's got a three week old child, daughter, um, that is gonna grow up while he's gone. Uh, so we definitely wanna keep them in our prayers uh, for his, his safety and his safe return and for the family that they receive the support uh, that they need while he is, he is absent. Um, he is stationed out at Fort Riley, uh, Kansas. So we definitely want to keep that family in our, in our prayers. Um, Marie White is asking for prayers on behalf of niece, um, Farrah Isaac, who tested positive for COVID. Um, her niece does not have symptoms yet, but we asked, she asked that we pray uh, that she doesn't develop any and also prayer for the family of her niece. Um, since they've all tested negative, she's hoping that uh, the rest of the family stays healthy and, and uh, does not contract the disease. So we wanna pray for uh, Farrah Isaac and, and that family. Also praying for Reginald uh, while he's out safe travels and he returns home uh, from his mom's. So we definitely wanna keep uh, Marie, Reginald and, uh, and Farrah Isaac in our prayers as they go through that. Um, Sylvie Atu is asking for uh, prayer requests. Um, she, or actually she says, thank you uh, for all the love and support that she uh, has gotten. Um, for the gifts she received for her baby in the shower. Uh, she asked God bless us all this congregation and keep us together. She also uh, says this is her last, uh, last Sunday here because she is moving back to Nashville, Tennessee next weekend. And she asked for prayers uh, as that family, uh, as her family moves back to Nashville. So we've got a lot of people moving around, um, several that are, that are dealing with, uh, with COVID and other kinds of issues. So definitely time that we wanna ask the Lord for prayers, if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we acknowledge that you are our God, the God of all things. And Father, there is, uh, there is nothing that we could ask of you that you couldn't provide us, Father. But in your wisdom and your love and your mercy, Father, you provide for us the things that we need, not necessarily the things that we desire. And Father, we are thankful for your mercy and love in that respect. Father, this time we ask for the prayers for those who have been lifted up to you who are Suffering with illness, uh, Father, we ask that you provide them the, the comfort and the, the mercy that you, you can provide, the healing that you provide, Father. Bring them back healthy and safe. Uh, Father, we ask that you would also be with those who are traveling. For those who are moving from this place uh, to Tennessee, Father, be with that family and, and allow them to reach the destination and, and, and land in a good spot and, and find a congregation there that is um, able to use their talents and, and, and put them to your word, your will, uh, and wrap their arms around them and embrace that family, Father. We also ask for uh, those that are out and about that we, we may not know of, Father, we ask that you would provide us with the wisdom and strength to, to know how to reach out to those families, Father, and, and those around us that need you. Uh, Father, be with us, be with uh, the rest of this congregation, and those that are with you throughout the rest of this world, Father, allow us to understand what you have, the opportunity you've presented for us, Father, and the wisdom to be able to act accordingly. Father, we ask all this in, your, in Christ's precious name. Amen. Let's stand for the closing song. Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Touch my eyes that I might see all your goodness, grace, and power. 
Stay beside me every hour. Be my drink, be my living bread. Keep me sheltered, keep me fed. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Holy Spirit, comfort me. Let my heart be one with Thee. When I'm worried, soothe my mind. Let me sweet contentment find. May I run this wicked race. Filled by your amazing grace. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Holy Spirit, rescue me. Set my soul completely free. Beside Jordan, make my bed. In God's bosom, lay my head. Let me live in a brand new place. See my blessed Savior's face. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, rescue me. Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Touch my eyes that I might see all your goodness, grace, and power. Stay beside me every hour. Be my drink, be my living bread. Keep me sheltered, keep me fed. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Thank you for being here today. We have learned so many new songs over the last couple of years, and they are just so amazing to have on your lips all week long. And I know a lot of people have probably never heard that invitation song, Just As I Am, I Come Broken. And I know sometimes when you leave, you wonder, what was that song we sang again? If you are not familiar with that song and you don't have a copy of the CD and you want to hear that song again, send me an email uh, or send it to the elders at laurelchurch.net. And I will send you the YouTube link and you can listen to that over and over until you perfect it and we all get together again and sing it again. It's uh, such a wonderful song to sing. There's so many of them out there that we can sing and praise the Lord all week long. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be here today. Be called your children, Father, to be able to assemble and to worship you for all that you do and all that you are. Father, just pray that we'll always have a song on our heart. Father, we'll always have your name and your praise in our living each and every day. Father, we thank you so much for the songs that have been written that we can sing and praise you with, that we can encourage and uplift one another. Father, we thank you for our brother Ricky and how he breaks the bread of life to us each and every week. Father, we just pray you continue to be with us as a church. Help us, the Father, to be that city set on a hill with the lights shining bright for all to see. And Father, as we are about to depart from this place, we know that we've come here today without a fear of being uh, troubled by being here together. 
But Father, we know throughout this world there are people that are trying to meet today, that have met today, that when they come together, they fear and they can be killed for just worshiping you. Father, we pray for peace in this world. Father, we pray that as we uh, think about the things that go on, Father, we pray that we can each and every day think about those that are in harm's way in different parts of this world that are struggling just by meeting today. Father, for those that are struggling, that are being persecuted for just having a Bible app on their phones, Father, we pray that you continue to keep them safe, keep them from harm. Father, help them to continue to study to become the people you want them to be. Father, we know that we know there's going to be rumors of wars and wars, and there's going to be troubles and everything in this life as we go through it. And Father, we just pray that as we face whatever comes our way, that we can look to you for the strength we need, that we can pick up and strengthen one another, that we can love our neighbors as ourselves, as you have asked us to do. But most importantly, Father, that we love you more than anything else. And Father, we also pray for the, the children's home in India that was uh, devastated by the storms. Father, as they strive to rebuild, we pray you bless them and strengthen them. Father, we pray for our brother Philip G and for all the work that he's doing in the Middle East and for all the churches that have been planted. Bless him, Father, bless those that he is continually to work with. Father, help them to be strong and resolved to continue to follow you. And Father, we think about the many that are here that we know and care about that are struggling with their health. Father, we pray you would bless them and strengthen them. Father, help us to look to see how we can be a blessing to them each and every day. Father, thank you so much for your love. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.